0: It's our birthday, I wore my birthday shirt, Grace. (laughs) Um, But you know, I just wanted to go over, it's so good to be here, thank you Dawn, thank you team, and it's just always so good this morning, and it's always good, but um, just appreciative. We're appreciative for everyone who's come, and who's been with us from the beginning, and come and gone, come back, and all those things, because once you see it and hear Grace, you can't unsee it, and you can't unhear it. And so nothing else will do, right? And uh, so I'm just thankful for every person, and you know I'm like, they're still coming. I guess they love us. They're 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 hearing what we're saying, and you know our friend Paul White, he his ministry, and it just stuck with us. And we thought we want to do the same thing in this area, is to take grave clothes off of living. Saints who are still walking around in bondage and chains, and we just want to loose you and let you go so you can hear the good news, because there's no bad news in the good news. And he's altogether lovely. And I think, you know, yesterday when we were talking, and I got on such a roll, and you were writing notes, and we have sermons coming and messages just from this one thing. And I'll try to be quick, but, you know, I can't ever make a long story short, but I can make a short story long. <laughs> and... Uh, So that's what I might do. (laughs) But um, anyway, the song is Solomon, and, and, you know, we've got so many good things out of that, Um, and and I'm going to read it, and you're going to love it, because, you know, when you come here and you come to Grace Life, you know, you've heard so many different things, but instead of keeping you, it's like, have we deduced the gospel to just fear to keep people coming back because of fear? But if we can get you to fall in love, love will make you do some crazy things. Can it do that? I mean, we love Disney so much, our crazy butts drove this time instead of flying. I mean, we do some crazy things for the things we love to do. So if we can get you to fall in love with Jesus, and the only way you can do that is to hear how lovely he is. He's altogether lovely. He's not angry. He loves us so much that he even, and there was this one part in the scripture where he's he talking to his, you know, Song of Solomon doesn't even mention Jesus or God, the Father. It's just two lovers. But um, anyway, so if we can get you to fall in love, then we'll get you to come back. Because we don't want to keep you by fear. And that's what a lot of thing, churches, not I mean, no disrespect at all. Because I was part of it and thought, man, if I just don't do it right and I have to go back, i got to get my feet stepped on and all of that stuff. But you know when love draws you in, it compels you and teaches you to deny ungodliness. It makes you do more things on accident than you would on purpose. Uh-huh and all those things and so you just keep coming back and we just want to keep flooding you with the loveliness and the goodness of Jesus, right? Because that's what he's all about. It's all together. I mean, we heard Jesus Smith say, "What if the crazy thing is all of what the purpose that we're here is just so Jesus could say, cuz I'm here and I love you." And you know, and I'm good and you're good because we're equal. You know, that's what it said in the in the Song of Solomon. But so what I want to say is in the Song of Solomon, and while people say, why Grace Life, or why, why do you serve your God? And so they asked the, the bride-to-be the same question. Her friends was like, what's so good about your guy? What's so good? What makes him the one for you? And so she goes to describe her, her lover, her, her fiancé, and uh, she said, He alone is my beloved. He shines in dazzling splendor, yet is so approachable. Without equal, he stands above all others, outstanding among 10,000. The way he leads me is divine. His leadership is so pure and dignified as he wears his crown of gold. Upon this crown are letters of black written on a background of glory. He sees everything with pure understanding, how beautiful his insights without distortion His eyes rest upon the river, the fullness of the river of revelation. Flowing so clean and pure. Looking at his gentle face, I see such fullness of emotion. Like a lovely garden where fragrant spices grow. What a man. What a man. (laughs) No one speaks words so anointed as this one. Words that both pierce and heal. Words like lilies dripping with myrrh. So how, see how his hands hold unlimited power, but he never uses it in anger, for he is always holy, displaying his glory. His innermost place is a work of art. So beautiful and bright, How magnificent and noble is this one, covered in majesty. He's steadfast in all he does. His ways are the ways of righteousness based on truth and holiness. No one can rival him, but all will be amazed by him. Most sweet are his kisses, even the whispers of his love. He is delightful in every way and perfect from every viewpoint. He's perfect from every viewpoint. When you're in the valley, he's perfect from every viewpoint. When you're on the mountaintop, he's perfect. You look behind you, you turn away, he's still perfect. And he's going to draw you back. He's chasing you down. You can't get away. He's perfect. Anyway, you, if you ask me why I love him so, old brides-to-be, oh, old friends, it's because there is none like him. Everything about him fills me with holy desire, and he is my beloved and my friend forever. And so it's just like, you know, when you can fall in love and you can describe your man like that, your God, your Jesus, your father, your husband, I mean, how can you? I don't understand why people would say, "Oh, that's just a license to do what you want." Love doesn't do that. Love doesn't do that. And and so, if someone can talk you, we heard a good friend say this. He said, "If someone can talk you into believing in Jesus, they can talk you out of it. But if we can get you to experience Him, that's pretty hard to deal with." To talk you out of your experience. so You can love and know and experience the love of God. And the only way you can do that is when you constantly hear of his goodness. You constantly get hear his heart revealed and see that he's a loving father. Now, there's correction in that, and we do that, but we're not going to slap 8,000 people. I say 8,000, but, you know, just to get to one you know, because we need to know how good he is, and that's going to draw people in. The goodness of God draws men to repentance. And that's what Grace Life is about, and that's what we want to keep preaching and teaching. If it's just one person, if it's just four of us in the salon again, that's what we're going to keep doing. That's our mandate. Any mandates out there, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. And so that's when I wanted to try to get you to fall in love. He's all altogether lovely. Amen. Amen.
1: <laughs> Thanks for warming up the crowd. No, that's good. If you're happy and you know it, say amen. Amen. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, stomp your feet. If you're happy and you know it, then your face will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, say amen. Anybody grow up? Singing that old children's church song, if you're happy and you know it. I like some of the secular songs. What was the uh, craze a few years ago? Happy, happy, happy. Pharrell, For For real. yeah, there you go. Hey, there you go. And then um, there was the old one. Don't worry, be happy. Thank you, Pastor Frank. I did say Frank and not Hank this time. <laughs> Uh, and Angie for so uh, elegantly and honestly sharing their love story last week and the messages that he's preached the past two weeks um, and the growth that we are enjoying and seeing in him as God uses him um, to bring forth uh, some meat to us the last couple of weeks. We are in a series Emotion in Motion and I was the launched it with um how you can be angry and sin not how do we deal with the emotion of anger and express anger as believers because a lot of times uh Christianity or should I say religion will tell you well God created you with that emotion but you're not allowed to express it uh, I see your b and I raise you an s uh, <laughs> that's it's b s it, it's it's not it's not gospel and uh, I got your attention didn't I <laughs> we are then Hank, Frank <laughs> shared on love is an action and this morning we're going to anchor it away with um, happiness I'm going to say this to start and then I'm going to end with the same quote believers ought to be the happiest people on the planet." Um, our forefathers of America even believed in this principle of happiness, and in the preamble of the Constitution, they wrote, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, and that they have been endowed with certain unalienable rights, that among those are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, um, I believe, as a Christian and as a believer, that the pursuit is over. Well, literally, the pursuit changed. I'm no longer pursuing happiness. He's pursuing me. And from the beginning, from Genesis, that, that this pursuit has never been and should not be presented to us to pursue Him Because he's always pursuing us. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that you don't go after God, but the pursuit, if you are in everything that we would try to make an effort to earn happiness from Jesus, in return, he's saying, I've already done everything that needs to be done, considering your happiness. Let me chase after you. From the Webster's Dictionary, happiness is a state of well-being and contentment. Highlight that word contentment. Make a mark in your mind that happiness is contentment. Joy, then, is the emotion that is evoked or experienced when you are experiencing well-being or success. In the verb form, it actually means to experience pleasure. Many times throughout the scripture, the word blessed and happy are the same word. If you'll look at the screen, you will see that especially in the New Testament, makarios means when God extends his benefits, and a believer then is in the the position of receiving God's provision or his favor, that they are blessed, the same word, would be happy. Look at Matthew the 5th chapter, verse number 3. These are the beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Well, you the same Greek word means happy. Happy are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. Man, that has been so misquoted and misrepresented and uh, my goodness. We say you got to be poor in spirit, spiritually devastated. What What Jesus was saying, the only context that these folks, his audience had was the law. And they thought they were rich because they had it. But he's saying you got to be bankrupt of all of that stuff to receive the kingdom. Because doing all of that won't get you the kingdom. I want to give it to you, but you have to be bankrupt in your spirit. Quit trying to do all of these things to please God and to receive the kingdom. That's not going to bring happiness. My God, I've seen so many uh, disgruntled, uh, sour, um, hateful Christians that don't experience any happiness, and it stems from they are totally exhausted in pursuing happiness because they think it comes from all of their effort, if the lilies of the field do not toil nor labor, yet God clothes them and feeds them and cares for them, how much more? If he cares for the sparrow, and we are his children, the word joy in the Greek is chara, C-H-A-R-A. Now, if I was to put grace on the screen, the same root in the Greek would be there and it would be spelled C-H-A-R-I-S. So joy then, because the etymology of the word char, C-H-A-R, then you have different prefixes in the Greek that would be added to it, but the root word stays the same. Joy is the awareness of God's grace and favor. In fact, it is grace recognized, and I don't believe that people will experience happiness, joy, true joy, deep inner joy, that then is expressed as an as an um, an emotion until they recognize the grace of God in their life. Um, Paul recognized this principle, and if you'll go with me to Second Corinthians. Go to 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter. This is what Paul says there. He had found out, if you read the chapter in context, whether he was on a mountaintop, you speak Jesus, whether he's in the valley, you speak Jesus, that his grace, God's grace, was sufficient no matter what the circumstance. God's grace is not just a saving grace and a keeping grace. It is a sufficient grace... And in every situation and every circumstance, Paul is encouraging us to recognize and to acknowledge God's grace. In doing so, that produces joy. Now, I'm not saying that Paul was happy about his thorn in the flesh. Not saying that he was happy about being beaten three times. He said, thrice I was beaten. I don't think that he was happy about being shipwrecked three times. I don't think that he was saying, I'm happy that I've been in prison most of my ministry. But I do believe that he is expressing it this way as he told the Philippian church in chapter 4 verse 11, I have learned the secret. Whatever state I'm in, I prefer being in the state of Florida, but whatever state I'm in, to be content. I'm not trying to be a Greek scholar, but I believe as a Greek student, and we begin to understand the language and the context and the history and the relevance of the scripture, things become, as we look through this lens of grace, things will come into focus that we've never seen before, and joy will begin to spring up in our hearts. This word uh, content here is a Greek word that means peacefully happy. Satisfied because God's fullness is in you. It means to be independent of external circumstances To produce joy, I don't need a stimulus from outside. I've got everything within that if I'll recognize and acknowledge that whatever state, circumstance, or situation I find myself in, that I draw from the joy of the Lord that is my strength and it comes from within and no external stimulus. No matter the circumstance, recognize God's grace that is sufficient and therefore I can have joy. All day long. Rejoice in the Lord. How often? And again, he said, i repeat it. Rejoice. When's the last time you felt happy? Ah, hallelujah. A level of contagious, infectious, unflappable, unstoppable joy. When's the last time you felt happy? So let me ask it this way. Why aren't people happy? Why aren't people happy? The World Happiness Report, there is actually a thing, reported in 2019 that the United States is not even in the top 10 countries of happiness. Think of it. Matter of fact, we're 19th. The top three are Finland, Denmark and Norway, the winners of the 2022 Winter Olympics. And a sense of anger, worry, sadness, and other negative feelings and emotions have been on a drastic increase since 2019. Matter of fact, a 27% increase in negative emotions. We're in an era of rising tensions Can I get an amen about that? The world has allowed their circumstances, the situations, the external issues to determine and to dictate their level of happiness. I say believer, child of God, don't allow external issues to determine and dictate the level of your joy. Family. I'm going to make a declaration and you can make the same if you choose. I believe that Jesus is in the happiness business. I believe he desires for you to be happy. I'm not suggesting that all your problems, your trials, your battles, your heartaches, your grief disappear just because you speak Jesus. I mean, Don declared it when we were singing. But in those circumstances, we can still have joy because we do speak Jesus. Jesus. And we can have the victory because he'll do it again. If he's done it once, he'll do it again. My God, the Holy Spirit gave Don Wright songs for us to sing that match up with what we were going to share about happiness today. I see a victory. If you don't, then you're not going to be happy. I'm living from victory, not for victory. Helen Keller. Anyone familiar with Helen Keller, blind? She said, when one door of happiness closes, another opens. But often we look so long at the closed door that we fail to see the one that has been opened to us. We become so discontent because one door closed and we look at that door for so long we don't even recognize the opportunities of happiness that have been made available to us because of the grace of God. So why aren't people happy? I'm going to give you five reasons, then I'll let you get out of here. Number one, comparison. It's a trap. It's a distraction to get your attention off the abundant life. Jesus said, I came to give you life, and that more abundant, not just eternal. Yes, there are future implications, but don't miss out of the joy that you can have in the abundant life right here and right now. But anything that takes your attention off of that is a distraction. It's a trap. People and possessions are not the measure of your happiness. It will rob you of your joy. Lisa has been saying that for years. Comparison will rob you of your joy. It causes fights. It's selfish. It breeds discontentment. And most likely you are going to compare your behind the scenes footage to someone else's highlight reel. I mean, you you think this is glorious and this is but they're showing you their best and you're comparing your worst to their best and it robs you of your joy. Lack of gratitude causes people to be unhappy. They can't be content and thankful for the blessings they have right now and they're not in that unthankfulness. It robs them of joy in all of the things, even material blessings that God is giving to us. Number three, they're stuck in a comfort zone. I was stuck in a comfort zone. I would still be preaching and believing what I had been raised up on, not saying it was not right it was from the revelation that those that were speaking to us had uh, at that particular time but I was stuck in it it was comfortable but it was robbing me of my joy because then once I began to experience the the undeniable uh, grace of God the uh, the love that he had for us that no matter what I did or what I said not giving me a license to do those things But that I did not have to lay my head down at night feeling frustrated, guilty, confused, and condemned. Wondering if I died in my sleep, will I make it to heaven? You know, when I stopped worrying about where I was going when I died, I started enjoying life. We must enlarge our imagination. And when you start dreaming things and imagining things, things that could be and God really wants to be in your life and you, you picture those things in your imagination and then you start heading in the direction of your imagination, man, it's, pretty, it's a pretty incredible thing. Um, number four, always looking back. People are consumed with what happened three years ago, five years ago, ten years ago. And because they're always looking back and consumed with the past, they can't be happy. And then number five is they're consumed with the future. Always looking ahead. And really looking ahead at things that you don't even know that whether they will happen or they won't happen. Psalms 16 verse 11 in the Living Bible says, You have let me experience the joys of life and the exquisite pleasures of of your presence. I like that word presence. We might understand it by saying, You show me the paths of life. In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right side, pleasures forevermore. I was introduced to a couple of thoughts when studying this week. The Holy Spirit began to um, say a few things and introduce me to a couple of thoughts about joy and happiness from this verse. Uh, one was learned from Judah Smith. Lisa and I watched about an hour or so yesterday and laughed and had a good time and it was just a good thing to sit on the couch for a few hours uh glean from some other people that we don't normally listen to and uh just have fellowship with each other and enjoy the moment really knowing that life is happy it's full of joy um but jesus is the point of our life he is the point um He shared from John the 14th chapter and he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I told you I'll go to prepare a place for you that where, where I am you may be also. And Thomas said, we don't know the way. And we don't know where you're going. And Jesus said, I'm the way. To where? He is the way and he is the where. He's already here. He is the point of life. Nothing else matters, and you will never be satisfied or content, experience joy and happiness until you recognize and acknowledge Jesus. He is grace. When I saw this word presence, here's what came into focus for me present. People aren't happy or experiencing the joy of the Lord and have become weak and exhausted and frustrated because they're consumed with yesterday. That brings depression, living in the past. Or they're consumed with tomorrow and that leads to anxiety, living in the future. But living in the present, <laughs> come on somebody, enjoying the moment, recognizing and acknowledging His sufficient grace right now leads to joy it's a mindset we've got to repent of those old mindsets and we have to receive this new mindset that paul um, presented to us we know we have reference to go to nehemiah 8 10 and know that the joy of the lord is our strength we don't experience that strength Because we're consumed with the past and depressed or we're consumed with the future and anxious. And we're not living in the moment. Happiness is best experienced in the right now. One person believes it. I understand, I know that Psalm 1611 says in his presence. But his presence is present. He, he didn't say, I was. He didn't even say, I'm going to be. He said, I am. So right now, in the present, His presence is here, available. It's in us, and wherever we go, He is present. I can have joy. I don't have to. It's not a what-if I could do this, or what if I had that, or if I could be over there, or when this happens, or when I've got that much money in the bank, or when they stop bugging me, or when she dies, I'll be happy. It's present. The next thought I had that was introduced to me was, He keeps us in the moment. We need to be content, happy in the moment. This is one of the things that has made America the most discontent and unhappy. Because here's what we do. We try to capture the moment. And then when we capture it, then we want to post it. And then if we've captured it and posted it, we've killed it because we didn't even enjoy the moment. Concerts. Recitals. Sporting events grandkids, kids, and we're trying to capture the moment. I I told people on our last Israel trip to put their phones away. Especially if it's your first trip because you'll be so enamored about getting pictures so that you can share them in the future that you miss what could be going on and what God wants to show you in the moment. Mm. Live in the moment. Enjoy it. Guys, if you guys would come to the music. Romans 15, 13. This is the last scripture that we will share this morning. Now may the God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy. Anybody want some uncontainable joy? I mean, the joy that becomes uncontainable will splash out on everybody else that's around you. It's infectious and it's contagious. I believe that if you're happy, you can make everybody here in the room happy. Well, maybe not. There's some knots on the log. But. <laughs> now may the God, the fountain of hope, fill you by to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in Him. And the New King James Version says, in believing. In believing, this... Unearned, uh, unmerited grace of God, He begins to feel uh, fill us. There, I said it again. Skill feel. <laughs> he begins to F I L, not F E E L, <laughs> fill you to overflowing. If there's a grammar class that will help you get away from uh, colloquialisms and hillbilliness, I, I need to take that class. <laughs> It's in believing that we can begin to have this uncontainable joy. Stand to your feet if you would, please. I hope we didn't keep you too long, but we were excited about celebrating eight years, and God was flowing in the music this morning. I believe that what Lisa had to say was powerful. We trust that as we closed out this series on emotion and motion that you can know, understand what true happiness is all about begin to experience that joy unspeakable and full of glory the half has not yet been told that song says because it's a continual feeling of his joy as we recognize in the moment his sufficient grace There's no doubt that the fear that has gripped the world through this pandemic has caused many to be unhappy. It gave people a lot of time and quarantine to, to reflect on their reality. and Unfortunately, a lot of people's reality as they spent time with themselves was they weren't happy. Did lead to a, an increase over several months of suicide, mental health issues depression, discouragement it was on, it, it began to take a toll on people um, but I believe that in the darkest of dark times we have what would cause us should make us the happiest people on the planet but it's a mindset What's your focus? Where's your attention? Is it on the past three years? Or is it on the future? God, I can't wait till we get another president of another party and you become anxious. Political parties don't make you happy. Matter of fact, it's quite the opposite. Your focus on those political agendas will cause you to be discouraged, depressed. It will cause fights. You will be discontent because our focus, our attention is should be on jesus he is the point of life when we recognize and acknowledge that i'm not telling you that your problems and battles and situations will go away matter of fact he declared with his own mouth that in this world there will be tribulation can i speak to that for just a second you know that i don't get on hot topics but it's very evident that we have a war going on in our world right now. I would encourage you not to buy into anything that causes fear. I, me, she, we are the persuasion that we have a victorious eschatology. What does that mean? That the study of in things is very victorious it doesn't have to get real bad for God to look real good. This is a statement that I will make for Lisa and I that would reflect on Grace Life and you're going to have to... It's not a deal breaker. It shouldn't be a deal breaker. But what the, what is going on is not prophetic for the end times. Okay, It is not. If you take that point of view I love you and I don't have to agree with you and we can still fellowship and have a great time because we're not going to focus on that we're going to focus on Jesus we've got to change our mindset because this does lead to some discouragement and causes people to be unhappy because they think the sky has fallen and they're looking at maps and charts that really don't have anything to do help me Holy Ghost Israel is not the apple of God's eye. If they are, then He doesn't care about the rest of us the way that He cares about Israel. I'm not saying He doesn't care about Israel, but you are the apple of His eye. Whether you're Ukrainian, Russian, American, African, Asian, Haitian, His attention and focus is on the world. He loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. He came to take away the sin of the world. He had a special bond with a special people that he made a special covenant with for a time frame. And that time frame is over. How do I know that? Because everything that had to do with it is completely destroyed. gone and there doesn't need to be a a third temple built for animal sacrifice to be reinstated because you are the temple of the Holy Ghost you are that temple that is not built by hands and he dwells in you I'm not trying to bust anybody's bubble but we have got to shift our focus if we are going to be the happiest people on the planet that we don't just occupy uh, or we want to escape this place we want to occupy and be about the father's business and i told you i believe jesus is in the happiness business and you can't preach doom and gloom and happiness in the same breath i'll close with this natalie grant wonderful singer look up on youtube the gratitude song with natalie grant and brandon lake and she will make a statement in the middle of that song that there was research neurological research done that says that the brain cannot be grateful and anxious at the same time. It is impossible for your brain to process gratitude and anxiety at the same time. So if you're thankful, you can't be anxious. To me, you can be happy if you're grateful. I mean, the world will tell you that it's a neurological fact that your brain cannot process thankfulness and anxiety at the same time let's be thankful just thankful for eight years of god's goodness at grace life church but thankful for the goodness of god on your life
0: i'm back so i just want to say that there's a difference between joy and happiness and joy isn't our circumstances don't determine if we have joy or not we have, you know, if I could be in a situation and not be happy about it, but if I focus on that, and it's that's what you've been saying, but we have joy deep in us because Holy Spirit is deep in us, so what we focus on is the righteousness peace, of joy that's in us because the kingdom is in us and it came and that bubbles out of us, so what the, Lord, what the world needs is an outpouring of our joy you know, of that. So we focus on the joy that's within us, and then that changes our brain. That's good. Amen.
1: I'm going to ask, as we leave this morning, I'll declare a benediction over you, but do you mind, could you sing that song that God gave you for Grace Life? I don't. It was back in 2015 or 16. We had just gotten started. I think we might have even just been doing the Grace Gatherings and hadn't started the church yet. And uh, he made reference in worship this morning that leading worship in a beauty salon. We we started meeting, having Bible studies once a month before we were ever a church at Lisa's Salon, Divine Connections in St. Albans. Um, And he's right. A couple times it was just me, me and Lisa and (laughs) Don. But we had a great time, and God, look what God has done. And um, because of media, this is an international ministry. I mean, we have pastors from Bangladesh, Pakistan, India, Haiti that are constantly in uh, Trinidad Tobago that we are talking to, and just, but your love and support for us call, uh, makes that possible. Um, It's the eighth anniversary, and I won't spend a whole lot of time talking about it, but if you feel like um, giving a blessing this morning to help Don, as he shared in ministry to us this morning, you can do it while he sings. But I believe that the Lord has blessed you, made you happy. The Lord has blessed you, and He's keeping you. He's caused His face to shine upon you, and He's being gracious to you. Lord has turned His countenance upon you, and He's given you peace. Walk in that this week, Grace Life. Fellowship with one another and listen to this song, and if you want to be a blessing to Don, just place it on the altar.